0: hello everyone welcome to seek go create we redefine success in leadership business and ministry by sharing topics stories and conversations that allow us to rethink how we live work and lead and coming to you from the rv so obviously i'm redefining success in the way we live and uh, this is your host tim winders i'm a performance coach and author who specializes in helping executive teams and entrepreneurial leaders maximize their potential I want, to, I want to say one thing before I get to the guests that we have today. We want to hear from you as the Seek Go Create community. We want to engage with you. We want to hear how you're redefining success, how you're handling things in leadership and business and ministry, whatever area you're in. And to do that, go to seekgocreate.com. That's our web presence, seekgocreate.com. And you should see right at the top, the banner right at top when you go there, ask for your email address, put your email address in there. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure you never miss an episode. And also we've got all kind of cool bonuses, giveaways. I just saw yesterday some of our new t-shirts and merchandise that we've got. And we're going to start just giving a bunch of that away to people that are on our email list. So you want to be eligible for that. So go to SeekGoCreate.com give us your best email address and just engage with us and uh, and let us know you're out there so that we can uh, communicate. Communicate and have some fun like we are doing right now with our guest, Sharice Stolfoos. She's our guest today and Sharice has nearly 20 years of ministry leadership experience, which led to founding, and this is gonna be so cool to talk about this, Nameless Collaborative in 2017. She's co-founded several businesses and kingdom-focused projects with her husband Dwayne, both in the United States and internationally. The calling of her heart is to encourage and connect women in leadership roles. She lives in North Texas. We may talk about that some, and her husband, with her husband Dwayne and their five children. Sharice, welcome to Seek Go Create.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Sam.
0: It is great to have you here. My first question I like to ask, I gave the cool bio and read the cool stuff, but we bump into each other either on the street, if we could do that, elevator, if we could do that, or just communicating. And I just say, hey, what do you do? What do you tell people when they ask? What do you do?
1: Well, I think it's kind of twofold Um, because I'm a mom of five, like you mentioned. um, I kind of feel like my life is broken down into two different categories, you know, obviously the home life, uh, with my, my family, and then, um, running, uh, my organization Nameless collaborative. So I have a a team of nine women, um, that I'm so thankful for so fortunate, um, to have because they are really doing a phenomenal job. Um, but nameless, like you said, I, um, I founded it in 2017, really just out of a need. Um, basically for women in leadership, Christian women in leadership specifically. Uh, I was in that place. Me and my husband had just um, started a a nonprofit overseas, actually in China at the time. And um, I could not find a lot of women um, that were running an organization, Christian women, you know, that were running an organization or um, running a ministry. I just needed that kind of community around me. So Elevator Pitch, um, really, we're an international community um, of Christian women in leadership, and we serve uh, Christian women in leadership and just connect them into community. So connect them to other women leading.
0: Wow. All right. There was, like always happens, I, I take some time and make some notes, and then someone gets started with kind of the what, what they do, and all of a sudden, I've got these questions just firing off in my head. Because I heard China, I heard connection, I heard, you know, Christian leaders and I heard the, you know, that that's focused on women and so many things there. I, I think before I want to, before I dive into that though, Cherise, I think what I would like to do is just kind of get a little bit of background because one of the things we love to hear, kind of one of our underlying themes is redefine success and I think many times we need to understand our paradigm of success, how we were raised, where we were raised, cultures, things like that. And so I'd love it if you could maybe give a little background, you know, where, where were you born, where were you raised? And and I'll go ahead and give you my follow-up question when people talk about, you know, their early years. I like to ask people what were some cool things or what were some lessons learned? And then what were some things that may not have been as valuable? that you kind of had to leave behind as you went forward. So tell us about, tell us about you, tell us about Cherise.
1: Well, um, so starting out in my early, my early years, I um, had a much different family life than I have now with my own family, Mm -hmm. but um, I grew up in a very, um, just a harder home, dysfunctional, broken home. At the age of 15, um, I actually, I grew up in Southern California so that's where I spent um, my you know childhood, my early teen years. When I was 14 years old, I moved to Idaho uh, to live with my dad at the time. Yeah, such a change, <laughs> big big change. Uh, moved to Idaho. It uh, was there. After living there for about a year, I became friends with um, you know friends at school. A friend from school invited me. He was a Christian. He was a believer. He invited me to his youth group one Wednesday night. And um, as I was sitting there, I just felt in my heart, I felt like I heard the voice of God for the first time just say, you know, you're my daughter, it's time for you to join my family. And it's kind of the beginning of what happened. Um, And then I went up after they had a guest speaker that night, just gave the, the gospel message. And I went up that night, I said, I don't know who this Jesus is, but I want him and I want to know more. And... It was really, really an amazing night. Um, There was probably about 30 youth there. All the youth leaders, all the youth gathered around me, prayed um, and I gave my life to the Lord that night and it changed everything. Um, So I walked out of that night completely, just I feel like my eyes were opened for the first time. So completely changed. Um, My parents even now are not Christians. Um, I kind of had to walk that alone. But the cool thing about it is because I had really a rough, um, rough family at the time and a lot of brokenness, it really solidified my relationship with God. I mean, I became really close. He became my everything, uh, and so that was really built the foundation of the rest what, of my life in that relationship.
0: A, yeah, that's 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 awesome. There's a couple of things I, I wanna I, I wanna clarify here. Was it almost as if? I'll say it this way you could correct my my wording was it almost as if you had nowhere else to go and yeah. so you were driven into the arms of this is my words a loving father is that kind of and, yeah. and and I'm curious I'm I'm assuming broken home obviously if you had southern california I guess mother and father was somewhere else so was the broken home most of what was going on with the the challenges
1: No, there was a lot of abuse and drugs and there was a lot involved. So, um, just a lot of brokenness, a lot of just darkness, a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. And so, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, it really did drive me into the arms of a love, you know, and a father, um, that I didn't have. So
0: did you have previous, you said, I guess this was around 15 years of age, did you have any awareness of the Father or Christ prior to that? Was there any like, you know, every once in a while, y'all would bounce into church or anything? Or was it a total, I hate to use the word cold turkey when we're talking about this, but was it like, bam, you walked into this youth group, you were invited, and it was just like total presence, and it was like that first experience. I'm just kind of curious, because I think some people, it's like there's this awareness, and then, a decision. And then some people like, bam, decision. What what was that for you?
1: You know what? It, it, it felt cold turkey at the time. But then after that night, and I started processing and thinking through mm-hmm. my life, uh, I could see different times where um, there were seeds planted, a lot of seeds planted by different people outside of my family. Um, that all kind of came, you know, I was aware of all of those things. Uh, later, after I gave my life to the Lord.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. I found out much later in life that I had had grandparents that had been praying for me. And because I looked back at things and I was like, going, you know, I wasn't anything bad and I didn't come from much of a broken home, but, but it was, there wasn't a lot of necessarily depth from a spiritual standpoint. And and then later I found out that I had these grandparents that the, they were the grandparents side that you know there's some you interact with a lot and the others that you don't interact with as much it's not good or bad it's just and they we found out that they had been praying they had journals and all these things so anyway oh. that sounds like that was kind of cool for you so yeah. so obviously life altering decision and yeah. still a, still a teenager and sometimes life gets awesome as a teenager sometimes life may not be as awesome as a teenager did like everything change. And like all of a sudden you had unicorns, rainbows and all was awesome. Or was there still challenges? Usually with family, that means there's still challenges.
1: Yeah, there were definitely still challenges, but I will say shortly after this experience, that encounter that night when um, I gave my life to the Lord and everything changed, uh, I really felt a call to ministry at that point. So as a teenager, Um, that really changed the whole trajectory of my life and where I was going as far as making plans, you know, as a teenager and and stepping into adulthood um, that, you know, altered what I was wanting to do as far as college. Um, That's where I would say my life is um, different, redefining success. I didn't go to a four-year college. I don't have, you know, a degree. I went to Bible school here in Dallas. That's how I ended up here in the Dallas area, I went to a school called Christ for the Nations, which is a Bible school, um, because I really wanted to just lay more of that foundation of the word, learn, you know, ministry, um, and just begin my my start in leadership there in ministry and uh, just getting that foundation.
0: Right, yeah, that's good. I, we, my wife and I, we've done a couple of years at Bible school also later in life. In fact, just recently, Christ for Nations Nations, is, is Todd White? Does he have an association with them? Am I am I thinking of the wrong one? No, I think maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sorry about know. that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I was trying to think because oh, you God. know, curious about that. But anyway, excellent. So Bible school was mm-hmm. obviously a different experience. Were there a lot of people? Were, were did you feel any pressure at all to do traditional? college was it like you just knew that you knew that you knew what you were supposed to do or what was that process like because I know a lot of people you know when we talk about success there seems to be a cultural formula and mm-hmm. so anyone that does that a little bit differently I kind of would love to know how you went through that thinking
1: yeah for sure and um, you know what there was a lot of pressure um, but also just, I think, because of my unique situation with my family, you know, it wasn't as much pressure as I think most people feel, uh, and I knew that I knew that I knew, you know, and so as soon as I got to Bible school, I felt very, um, like, those were my people, you know, I felt like I was surrounded by other other people who really had the same call, so it was, yeah.
0: All right, so you, you've used the word a few times, and we've got I know we've got entrepreneurs listening in. We also have people in ministry. We have possibly some followers of Christ and possibly some that are not. In the circles that we run in, in church world, we use that word calling Mm -hmm. often. And then outside of our circles, really in a lot of church circles, they don't quite understand that word sometimes we don't even understand it either but can you talk about briefly because it sounds like that sets you on a trajectory and I'm sure there may be some you know some detours or some variations along the way but it sets you on the trajectory for where you are now and probably continues to in many ways because I know ministry is a big piece of what you do can yeah. you explain to someone, I think you have the skills to do this. Can you explain to someone that may not have biblical understanding, church background, what calling means?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think um, even if you take the the church side out of it or the Christian side out of it, I think we all really feel this um this innate desire inside of our hearts to make a difference or our purpose, you know, that, that we were created for. Even if you don't feel like you were maybe created, I think um, if you're on the spectrum of not even feeling like there's a creator or you were created, um, I think you have something that you resonate with, you know, um, and you feel like you um, want to do something, you have something inside of you. I mean, that's why people choose career paths Um, and it kind of sets them up for their life and what they're doing. Uh, I would say, yeah, so I would say purpose. I think most people probably know purpose. You know, That's what I would say calling. I felt really this great desire in my heart that I knew that I knew that I knew that I wanted to um, really minister. I wanted to share um, Jesus with people who had never heard before and kind of go down that road. And of course, I didn't know exactly what that would look like you know as a teenager i just knew that was the where i wanted to start that was the path that i was on and and where i wanted Mm -hmm. to begin and you know it took very a lot of different turns and uh i'm i'm so thankful because honestly it's so much better turned out so much better today than i would have ever expected at the time
0: yeah there's a word i use in fact this morning i was just spending some quiet time in journaling And I was just asking the Lord some things about what he has me currently doing. And the word that he uses with me is the word assignment. And Mm -hmm. maybe I have a technical background, a little engineering. Maybe it's more military because advancing the kingdom is like this big word in my vernacular. We have a 501c3 foundation with our family that it's kind of this sub sub title for it is advancing the kingdom and so assignment kind of works there but I I want to we're gonna talk about nameless collaborative in much more detail in just a moment but I want to ask a question related to calling purpose assignment whatever words you know we may want to use do most of the women that come into your community do they have that calling purpose assignment clearly defined or are they coming in and allowing that to con- to continue to be defined or are they coming in looking for <laughs> the, the definition uh, is that an okay question you know what i mean is, is that yeah. what type yeah. people because because i also want to as we go along to define your ideal person this person that you want to bring into your community so that if someone's listening they can reach out to you so uh, help help clarify that for us
1: Yeah. So the vision for Nameless Collaborative is really for the woman who already has a pretty clear understanding of what that is. And she's already, um, at least, you know, somewhere down the line of, um, establishing, you know, a ministry, an organization, a business, and really like, a. you talked about kingdom advancement. So I would say like a kingdom focused business so a christian Mm. business that is doing business not just for the purposes of financially you know making money but also um really to advance the kingdom you know and to um to advance the kingdom i don't know how else to say it but really to um yeah to to have impact is what i would say to help people to serve people so our women are women who are already kind of high capacity are running an organization have teams are in a leadership position already.
0: Yeah, that's good because it, it kind of helps to know that because mm-hmm. I'm guessing someone comes in and they at least aren't leaning towards yeah. that. I mean, as a, as a, as a coach, I, I do work with some people that are defining that mm-hmm. But it's a totally different muscle that we work once we step into whatever we believe that is. Now, one thing I think I I recognize, and you do too, is that those things do adjust and change over time. You know, I I hear people at times that they're calling, they got it when they were 12 years old, and they've been walking in it now for 20, 30, 40 years. I, I can't really relate to that because, <laughs> because yeah. mine's adjusted and changed. How about yours? I mean, is it, what were the adjustments yeah. that's occurred over the years now post Bible school, starting yeah. a family at some point you, you had to have met, uh, is Dwayne, right? You had to admit, yeah. <laughs> tell us about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say for sure. I mean, things adjust and change. So, um, uh, picking back up to Bible school. So that's where I met Dwayne was in Bible school. And, um, what was really amazing about us meeting we met pretty early on and we both really felt this calling you know we both really felt called to the same thing to the unreached people groups and we were young teenagers i mean we were ready to move to africa and you know have a tent and whatever you know be these poor missionaries we were we were so you know passionate and ready to just go um, and so we got married uh, after a couple years of dating, we got married. We found out three weeks after we were married, uh, that we were pregnant with our first daughter. So that kind of slowed us down a little bit as far as moving overseas, um, kind of changed plans a little bit there. So my husband went ahead and uh, furthered his education. He got his master's in, in missiology, mm-hmm. which is the study of missions. Um, so it's kind of like sociology, but it's the study of missions. He got his degree in missiology uh, from Regent University. I don't know if you're familiar with Regent Mm -hmm. in Virginia Beach. Uh, so he, you know, so we had a, we had another kid at that point, he graduated from Regent and we're, you know, we were still, we still had this calling this, you know, this purpose, this, this passion in our hearts that was still very much there. Um, but we were just developing it, you know, we were, um, learning and growing and we kept, we continued to develop that after he graduated from Regent. Um, we, you know, we, we really were trying to figure out um, are we gonna go now? you know what are we doing now? Just continue to evaluate the situation. And we really felt led at the time to start a business. So that's when we started our first business. That was in 2006. And um, Dwayne at the time, as he was going through school was working for a security company, which so you'd look at security and security has nothing to do with you know what we felt called to overseas. And when I say that we felt this call, the unreached we really felt called to the unreached area in the world that's known as the 1040 window if you're not you know christian you're not familiar with that it's um the part of the world it's really asia middle east northern africa area um so that's what we were trying to do we were trying to you know move over and, and be missionaries and really have impact in that part of the world so we felt led to, to start this business. It didn't make sense to us. Again, you know, it wasn't the natural uh, progression of things. If you want to be a missionary, um, but we started this business. Uh, you know, it was blessed. It was it was highly successful right away. We made the um, Inc. top 500 list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we um, had a lot of success there, which was awesome because our plan was to raise funds. You know, and be these missionaries. Instead, not only were, did we have the finances to go and to do the work that we wanted to do, but we learned so much, um, business wise that we were able to use in ministry, um, to have such a, you know, greater impact than we would have had without that experience and that knowledge. Um, I can keep going, Tim, but you cut me off. If yeah, you well, have more no,
0: questions. well, there's all types of things that I would love to ask here, because the fact that Dwayne, you know, did a study of missions. There have been a number of guests we've had. The one that's coming to mind is is Mike Baer, that uh, for those that might want to listen to the episode, I think it was released back in February. Uh, Mike Baer, he and I did some work together in the late 90s in a for-profit business in the U.S., but he also had a business that was doing work in the 1040 window in the nation of Kyrgyzstan. And, uh, and one of the things they were doing is going in because you can't just walk in and start handing out Bibles and things like that for those that may not know. And uh, Mike and I had discussion about a few things. Number one was going into those type countries and what they would do is go in and help people start businesses. They start businesses, they start prospering. It allows you to have discussions about other things of deeper nature. And another thing that we had deep conversations about was the structure of traditional missions. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating to me, Sharice, is that you had planned to do traditional missions, but it sounds as if the Lord moved you into some models that have... I just keep seeing that, especially in the world we're in, this reset that's going on, I'm not sure that someone raising a bunch of money in the U.S., getting on a plane, and then going over to one of these places... And doing ministry is a formula that we're going to see that much. What do you and Dwayne, what do y'all think about? I know you can't speak for him necessarily, but, and so you're training up business people, business people with heart, business people with purpose. To me, I don't know, you might be on to the formula. What are y'all's thoughts? I mean, y'all have discussions about that also?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it's... I mean, we like to say, I mean, when you're when you when you're doing business um, in the Christian realm, it's there's so much, I don't know if you're familiar with the blue ocean terminology, but it's mm-hmm. it's so wide open because, you know, as we know, unfortunately, a lot of times our Christian, you know, our, our Christian side of things is kind of behind, you know, the world when it comes to business and um, just the, the thinking, the thought process and um also just technology Um, we work with a lot of technology so we when we um after we had started our business for a couple years and grew to the point that we were able to leave um we left and went to china we moved to china for a year this is in 2010 the first time Um, so we're just planning on being there for a year we had a, a chinese business partner which i think is the other key is that we, you know, were partnered up with the indigenous people there. You know, this was a really bright college graduate. Um, just had just graduated college and um, we had just partnered with him. We we ended up starting a marketing company in China. So we had a full team. We were able to start a marketing company. We were doing business there. We were doing marketing for um, companies here in the US. Uh, One was our company and then um you know some stuff happened with google and the algorithm and everything kind of fell apart but with that we realized our partner realized that at the time which of course this has changed greatly now in china but at the time we had a legally licensed marketing company to distribute gospel content so we were able to create kind of something similar to like a um a youtube but like a god tube in china that had christian content that we were able to to distribute we had about 20 websites going at the time so if anybody there would i'd say google but they don't have google they have like baidu or buy or something if they would search you know who is god who is christ you know what's the meaning of life one of our websites would would pop up and share the gospel um and we just had i mean in the millions that just that heck, that came through that which is awesome so that was a season now things have really changed um, with China. Yeah, so, let
0: with me, so let me clarify. So you the two of you still had the company going. Was that the alarm you mentioned an alarm business? What what was the business that was running here in the States? Was it marketing or what was that? No,
1: that was our, our security company. Oh, the security
0: company. company. Okay. You're correct. Yeah. So you had the security company and and the two of you were able to leave that. Mm-hmm. And was there someone running it? So there are a lot of business people listening in too. And many people are gonna be fascinated fascinated, to hear. I mean, cause it, I guess maybe I assumed you sold it, but then you said, no, you're still running it. So give some logistics here and give it, you could go and talk some business stuff on yeah. how y'all were able to, to leave. I actually had a call recently from someone who has a large painting business in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas that they're wanting to do exactly what you're talking about, scale it, and then be able to leave and go to Africa and do, do missions type work. So tell us a little bit of that logistically, how that worked.
1: So I should have mentioned that from the beginning. So we were partnered with, we had a partner, um, 50, 50 partnership. Um, and so that's how we were able to leave and actually, and I will say this because I mean, it is a sacrifice. We brought in another partner, we sold 25% of our shares. So half of our shares, Uh, And brought in another partner, which was a, you know, it was a financial sacrifice for sure. But we brought in that other partner to run things so that we could go and build the ministry side of things. Um, And so, yeah, we, so we had both two partners here in the States running, running everything. And then my husband, you know, was obviously still running things, you know, from, from China, still doing both. Um, But yeah. And so that's, that's a big part of it. We have sold business.
0: on the partner side, all right, this is a, this is a logistical question, but also it's spiritual. Um, were the partners of, of the same faith? Were they mm-hmm. of the same mindset? Were y'all, I just did some study yesterday in, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians about being yoked together and i could tell some partnership stories that would not be as edifying and awesome as this one sounds like did they have an understanding because partnerships are tough Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so tell i mean you don't have to give a lot of details about partners but but were they cool with what y'all were doing
1: (laughs) so they were um i mean but It's not all, you know, there are there, like you're saying, you know, there's, it's not all success stories. We've had several partners since then, you know, we've bought and sold, you know, a couple different businesses since then. Um, So these were family members, which another is another hard thing, but they were believers understood. um, But we also had to have really clear communication. And I would say that's one thing that was hard about being overseas for someone who wants to maybe try this route. Um, you just have to have really, really good communication, and it's hard when you're when you're so far away because that distance, you know, and that time can um, can sneak in there, you know, and cause issues. So you have to really be, you know, respectful. And I mean, but number one is being equally yoked, like you're saying. I mean, they have to really. Understand and have that that same vision, but even then, um, you just have to continue to have that, cultivate that um, communication, that open and good communication. Because yeah, it can definitely it can definitely be hard, <laughs> but um, that's why we, you yeah. know, we had to make the sacrifice to bring someone in to actually, you know, buy out half of our shares to, to come Right. And
0: help. So you structured things here in the states and then you went over to China and you began another company there. And obviously you were gonna be doing some ministry, but you, you said you brought on a partner there. I think I think you had to have a partner there, correct? In China, is that yeah. a requirement, correct? So, so the partner, well, and that was for business, not necessarily ministry, right? Yeah,
1: I mean, the whole intention was to do ministry. Um, but we had a, a completely legal, legit company. Um, my husband and our, our partner learned how to do SEO at the time and, and run you know, SEO for, for companies. And that was kind of our door in. Um, so it's funny, we were actually on a walk this morning, me and my husband and um, just talking through things. I mean, it's so, it's so nice because we both right now, you know we have one business right now, an energy company but we're also we're both running um, nonprofit organizations at the time, which this is the first time that we've ever both done that. We've been much more heavy on um, on business, on the business side of things, and less on the ministry side. But we made that transition about a year ago uh, for this season to really focus more. Anyway, um, we have to continue to remind each other all the time of the work we're doing because you get discouraged, you know, fast. And also, you know, you can be in a season where you're building something and it might not be, um, exactly what it's going to be in the end result, but it's just a season. Just like, you know, I mentioned about our security company that wasn't, you know, we're at such a different place in ministry now with the organization that we have now with both organizations. Um, but that was definitely a part of God's plan in getting us to where we are today and the organizations that we have today. So, and just thinking through, even in the seasons that you're in like right now, um, it might, you know, just to continue to be encouraged that yes, this is part of the plan, stay encouraged, you know, and um, continue, continue going forward.
0: So so do you, do the two of you, while y'all are, we're gonna like jump into the walk that y'all had this morning, (laughs) is there any thoughts of being lesser? or or outside of your calling because you're heavier in the business side now? This is a very important question that I think a lot of people struggle with. There is a pecking order, and I'm not sure that it's the right pecking order, that full-time ministry is the ultimate, and then everything else, business people, oh, just write the check and all that. Now, you could probably tell from my tone that I don't agree with that, but do, do the two of y'all wrestle with that at all, that maybe you're a little bit on the fringes of your calling instead of still smack dab in the middle?
1: No, I mean, for us, we don't, we don't struggle with that as much. I think because, um, we're so much into, we're full blown entrepreneurial, you know, and we always have several projects going on ministry and business. So we know, you know, it's all one, it's all, it doesn't matter what you're doing. I mean, as long as you're being obedient to what you feel like God has called you to do in that season, um, it's all ministry. I mean, it, it is, it's all ministry. And um, even more so I would say in the business side of things because you're affecting people's lives, you know, with financially and you have employees that might not be believers, I mean, me, My husband and I have um, several employees that have been with us through several businesses and projects. And I mean, we've just seen the span of their life, you know, the last 10, 15 years and just where they're at. These young guys, you know, that now are married and have kids and just watching them grow and seeing kind of the impact that we've been allowed to have you know, in their lives for, for a long period of time, um, it's all ministry. I mean, <laughs> anything we're doing every day, going to the grocery store, it's, it's, it's your individual life that's the ministry. It's not, you know, what you're doing, occupation, you know, occupational, it's, it's yeah. your individual life, so.
0: I love that, and you know, people that are, have listened to the, to the podcast know that I was actually saved at a business conference. So I don't really separate them out. You know, I didn't really attend a lot of church growing up, never went to the youth camp. I was a business guy. I mean, I was wired to do business from the get go. And so I, I, I do kind of drill down and ask that question a lot. We've had a number of guests that kind of do the ministry and business entrepreneur. And really, it's kind of a theme of of what we do here at Seek Go Create. And so I, I love the thought of that, and I appreciate your answer. Thanks for sharing that. I I want to shift a little bit and start talking about Nameless Collaborative. But before we do that, right before we clicked record, you shared with me that your family, we're recording this in, I guess, fall of uh 2020. It may release latter part of the year. Some people may be watching it on the lives or, or YouTube, depending on when they watch it. But you said that y'all had just uh, had COVID. And, mm-hmm. and I haven't spoken to many people that have. And uh, obviously, it's something that's impacting a lot of what is going on in the world, and most likely still will be even whenever someone might be listening to this. Tell us a little bit about what that was like and how y'all are doing, and maybe if there's any lingering things going on, or do you have a different mindset? You know, what what are your thoughts about all of this? First of all, is everybody okay?
1: <laughs> yeah, everybody's fine. Um, yeah, it's funny. And that, that kind of goes into my, my conversation with my husband on our walk this morning is just because we did, we did have it. And my husband is the one who got it actually from our pastor. Um, and it, it's funny because my husband's one of those, like never gets sick, never goes to the doctor. So it was just so funny that he got it. Actually, my, our oldest daughter just graduated last year and she's in college and she got it. Um, but she wasn't around us, you know, and she had no symptoms at all. Uh, just her friend um, that she, that she's around a lot there at school, couldn't taste anything. She lost her taste. So then my daughter got tested um, and it was positive. So she quarantine but no symptoms the whole time so my husband you know right away he started feeling symptoms and he thought I need to go get tested right away because I'm never sick you know and this is just unusual so he got tested and then of course he gave it to me Um, but our other four kids never got never got any symptoms were fine we were all quarantined you know um I would say you know it it felt to us it felt like um a mild flu it felt like having the flu, the thing that that's kind of the easier part of it. And then my husband said, it really felt like jet lag as, as well, like coming from China or somewhere like that, where you're just, your mind, you know, you don't feel like you're all the way there. Um, so, but right away we got on antibiotics. We got on the nebulizer treatments. Um, and I will say it's been about three and a half weeks and I still feel tired. You know, I don't have any other symptoms besides just feeling kind of foggy headed even doing this interview so you guys forgive me if I, i'm kind of stumbling around i just don't feel completely 100 percent there yet i'm not you know and i think part of it is last week i decided i couldn't be sick anymore uh, we have a gala coming up and you know my team is doing tons of work and i've been kind of just sick and i don't know about you but i can't sit around and i've got to be you know getting something done I had too much to do so I think I kind of um, made a mistake and, and got worse after that because I just jumped in, you know, with two feet and shouldn't have, I wasn't ready to do that yet. But I mean, we're, we're fine. I think the perspective, um, I think it's the same. Me and my husband actually had this conversation. Would we do anything different? Because we've been going to church, we're in, in Texas. Uh, so it's different than most of the world. Everything's open, you know, our, our life feels pretty normal. My kids are in school. You know, every, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all open. Life feels normal. And I don't think that we would do anything different. I don't know. I just, I feel like we would still keep going on with life. Um, Obviously, once we got it, we were very cautious for other people and we quarantined and um, we've been really safe to make sure nobody else gets it. We would hate to, you know, give, give it to anybody else. I mean, now we're, we're fine. But um, as far as living our lives, we wouldn't do anything different. So...
0: You know, we're, we're we're currently up in North Georgia and I joked, we went to Walmart the other day and very few people wearing masks. We went out to a dinner last night and it's almost as if <laughs> that it doesn't exist here. And listen, yeah. we know some people have been very negatively impacted and we're still going to be dealing with an interesting economy and impact in a lot of areas so well thank you I appreciate you sharing that because I haven't really in all of the interviews and conversations I've had have not had conversation with anyone and I'm not in denial that it doesn't exist some people say do you know anybody that's had it you know it's I do I have a a client that had um, a, a father a stepfather that passed away up in in the New York area but anyway I think it helps to hear all that it is not good, but I think there are opportunities for us to begin getting out for those that might be in areas that are maybe more on lockdown than others. So, you know, I don't want to get political here, so we'll kind of move along. I, I really, I want to move and I want to have a lot of conversation, especially as we, as we go here for the next, you know, whatever period of time before we finish up. Nameless Collaborative caught my eye. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm always fascinated by how I get connected with guests. I I truly believe there's a divine hand that does that. And I've got an assistant. Who happens to me, my daughter, and 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 I say, where did we run across this person? Where did they? And and I don't I don't really know most of the time. But about my process is this, Sharice. About t- 24 to 48 hours before I jump on the interview. I just do a little bit of research. You know, I look at the links and things. Like that. So I jump on this and I'm going nameless collaborative. That is so cool. And, and I, I guess I wanted you, before we get into the specifics of what that is and the structure and all that y'all are doing and, and even allow you to invite people that might be listening to participate if you're open to that, if that's something that you guys are still doing. I would love to know where the word collaborative okay. came up came from because you know we're in a competitive culture mm. yeah. and you know you you deal with women women in general are more I don't know if this is a can I say that they're more collaborative than can we because yeah. I actually had some thoughts of some women that I'm going they're not very collaborative because <laughs> that could be tough in a different way but yeah. um one, one quick thing, it reminds me of a term, I, my, my dad was a big NASCAR fan, and there was an announcer that used to talk about different teams in NASCAR, and he used the word coopetition. He said they would cooperate, except for when they would get close to the finish line or something like that. So talk about collaborative, I don't know if co-opetition makes sense anyway, but where did that come from? Because it really is a foundation for this organization from what I can see.
1: Yeah. Well, let me just give you a little bit of background about the name, and then also kind of when I started it. So um, I felt led to start it um, in 2017, and I'll go back to my husband a little bit. Um, I've been, you know, building businesses and ministries with him for years now, and um, he gets to have, you know, and I've also been raising kids, so I've been on that side, right? Kind of pushed back. A lot of women, I think, feel this way and. Um, I've been, you know, raising kids, which I love and I feel like is my greatest calling. And I know that that's a short season, you know, but I'm also so excited that now I'm able to really kind of flesh out some of these passions that I have as far as building this organization. But, um, you know, I've seen for years, I've seen my husband, um, in building businesses and, and ministries with him. I've seen him collaborate with men and I've seen him have these masterminds. Um, With these men and they're getting together and he's introducing people, you know, other men to each other and oh, you know, you would be great to to work with this guy and you guys have the same, you know, background and he's working on this project and he's just linking people together. He's a connector. He's connecting people together and um, having these, you know, Christian technology masterminds and, and just seeing all these really amazing men leaders come together and have great impact because they're working together and I thought, man, women are not doing that. At least I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing that happen with women. You know, I'm just seeing that happen with men. So, um, as I was kind of processing through that piece of it, and then also just like I shared earlier, um, really longing for a community of women around me that were also leading and that understood all of the dynamics that we go through as leaders. Um, and that we can sharpen each other. I was looking for other women that could sharpen me and that I could sharpen. Um, I had plenty of friends around me, you know, but um, it was just different. I didn't have other women around me that were leading like I was at the time. So I feel like God just kind of began to, to mesh all this together and, and lay it on my heart. And um, as I was really praying through it and thinking through what what do I name this? You know, what's the name? You know, you kind of have to start there when you're starting. <laughs> Uh, you know, a business or an organization, kind of what's the name, I really just felt like it's supposed to be nameless. You know, it's not about me or my organization or my ministry. Um, It's not about us. You know, it's not about making our names great, but it's about making his name great. You know, it's about, like you were saying earlier, advancing the kingdom, bringing him glory, you know, and coming together uh, so that we can collaborate and partner together and have greater impact than we would alone. So that's really where the name came from. You know, it's nameless in the sense that it's not about us. It's really about how can we come together and have great impact and advance the kingdom? You know, how can we collaborate and partner together?
0: I, I love that. I'm sitting here thinking, uh, because I'm kind of, drawing a contrast. And I've done similar to what Duane has done. I've been in masterminds and groups with, you know, I I hate to say high powered individuals. I think everyone's got power in them, but people that are achieving and accomplishing a great deal. And there is a great deal of energy. There's a great deal of, you know, you mentioned iron sharpening iron, there's witty inventions, there's all kinds of things that come from that environment and it is interesting that that may not be as available, but I, the funny thing I was thinking about Charisse was it's like, you know, nameless collaborative that is great name for a group. But if it were a bunch of men, there would be something like awesome warriors attacking, and <laughs> you know, or something is like, it just, it just shows the, I don't know. It just to me shows the dichotomy and, so I, I guess the thing I always, not always, many times wonder if groups like like just a men's Bible study, I think at times there needs to be a few women involved just to kind of keep them on track. When you get a group together like that, what are some of the extreme? high impact values that comes from it? And then what are some unique challenges with having just one gender involved? I mean, can you share that? Is that something that it's okay to ask?
1: Yeah, for sure. Honestly, we haven't had, um, you mentioned the competition thing. I think it's, maybe it's just, um, you know, the, uh, the women that we're attracting, but we haven't had that happen. As much, I, I think um, what I've heard time and time again from women who come for the first time, they're blown away by the fact, first of all, what I hear all the time is, I didn't know that I needed this um, until I was here. you know. And I've, And then I've heard also so many times the same thing. I've never been around a group, a room full of women that I can just be myself. I don't have to dumb down what I'm doing. You know, I don't have to make it, I don't have to make myself and, and what God has called me to and what I'm, what I'm doing. I don't have to make it less. I don't have to dumb it down because it's not, um, women are just free to share, you know, what are you doing? And, oh, I could help you with this, or I can connect you with this, you know, um, nobody's bragging. That's not really the atmosphere. Everybody's just free to be who they are because everybody's really high capacity, you know, and they're secure. So I think that that's a difference. They're not They're not insecure. They're not still searching for their purpose, you know, or I would say, or um, really what they're doing, they're already walking in it and they're secure in who God's made them to be and what he's called them to do. So I think it's just a, it's a really interesting and it's, it's so refreshing, I would say to be around other, you know, another group of a whole group of people that are in that place and just encouraging one another and wanting to help one another and cheering each other on. I think that's the difference.
0: Right, I I perceive even you talking about how you grew up and some of the challenges as as, when you were younger, it, it just seems as if you're very secure in who you are. There's sometimes we use the term people just comfortable in their own skin. We know that that has a spiritual component to it. It also has a a soulish or a mental component and other things. How, and we're in a culture in a world where it seems as if there's so many people that are not, we'll use your word secure. How does one, from you talking about it and from observing some of these women that you've attracted into your organization, how does Mm -hmm. one, first of all, how do they become more that way? because there's a lot of, I'll use the term anxiety in the world. And, and, and then how does one then attract those people? Because if you're attracting them, I would love to know more about how you're doing that. So talk about that word secure. I'd really, I wrote it down when you were saying it secure. How can someone achieve that or work towards that? And then how do you attract those people? Well,
1: I'd say number one, I mean, um, I'm a believer, you know, I'm a Christian, so I'm gonna have to say that that's my number one is your identity. Where is your identity found? Um, I think so many people that might not have that um, that solidified, you know, they're gonna struggle. They're not gonna be secure if they don't know where, you know, their identity and where their identity is found. Um, I think that would be number one. And I think being, um, I, I always, I work really hard to maintain a posture of, um, of service, you know, and this is going to sound, I mean, obviously I'm not, I'm not hundred percent there, you know, none of us are perfect, but I think in the forefront of my mind, when I'm with my women and what I try, I try to create a culture of serving, I'm serving these, you know, women, um, not only that, but like you said, it's not a competition, it's service and it's community and it's um, just trying to be real and, and um, trying to really share from that place of just being real and not trying to um, put yourself in a, in a position that's just fake, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. any, um, all right, I'm, I'm gonna go back to this because I totally agree with the identity and knowing who you are and whose you are. But Sharice, I spent years at Bible school I've been around people that I will say that they put Christian beside their name. And mm-hmm. I can tell you that in many ways, they were some of the most, gosh, this is going to sound bad coming out of my mouth, but I hope I hope my heart comes through, some of the most insecure. And yeah. so I, I I know what you said, but are there any practical things that you do, morning routines or or, or studies or books you've read or anything like that, that that you might can share that would help someone who is sitting here going, well, I believe that, and I'm a believer and follower, but yet I do not speak and sound like Sharice does. Anything else that you could share?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I would, um, at first I, I would just clarify that um, a lot of us, and this is going to sound bad too. So hear my heart behind this, but a lot of us can call ourselves Christians, but I think it's, it really comes down to that relationship that you have with the Lord, you know, and, um, and, and it's a daily, it's a daily surrender to him and it's a daily um, spending time with him so that that's, what's really coming out of you. I think what you put inside is what's going to come out. So if you are focused on things that are just, um, continuing to prolong the insecurity, that's what's going to be pouring out of you. But if you're, um, really filling yourself up with, um, what promotes security, you know, your relationship with the Lord, um, as Christians, reading your Bible, um, doing the things that, that God has called us to do as Christians, you know, um, I think that's for one, uh, I do have a morning routine. I actually just, we have a, um, we have virtual gatherings that we do for Nameless every month. And I'm usually not the guest speaker, but I was this last time because I'm really big on goal setting and routine and structure. I think that that's so paramount as a leader. Um, you know, and I think some of us are, are are born leaders. I know some of us are born leaders and that might be um, something that's already kind of in you. You know, I know I've read a lot of, a lot of books and, um, there's, there's certain characteristics of high performance leaders, you know, that, that come out. Um, and so that's kind of there, but I think that we're always as a leader, you should always be in a a position of, um, cultivating that leadership and growing. I mean, it's a constant growth every day. So I think when you're doing that, um, you'll fall more in line with the, the leader that you, you know, that you were called to be. And, um, I think for me, yeah, having that, that routine, I know even, um, going back to me and my husband's walk this morning, um, just reminding each other, where do we need to be at that plays Such a huge vital role in being sick and trying to come out of that. You know, I don't, I don't feel like exercising. I don't feel like eating right. I don't feel like, you know, it's hard to sleep. So all of those natural physical things, play into the spiritual side. Totally. I mean, just in coming off from being sick, I've had to deal with so much mentally and spiritually because my body is weak, you know, and I'm not in the, the, um, the place that I'm normally in as far as exercising, like I usually do and eating, like I usually do and getting sleep and, Having all the the routines, the morning routine and the nighttime routine, you know, all of that's messed up right now. And so mentally, I'm having to fight a lot more battles in my mind. Um, that kind of went off of <laughs> the, no, the topic. So, of security no, I,
0: it's, it's right on topic because, and I'm going to ask a follow up question because I am sitting here curious. I would guess a listener is sitting here curious. Let me let me recap and go back to your bio uh you're married you operate a a community uh, the nameless collaborative community you've said you and your husband have a company and you have five children there are people that are going how i'll use a word how the heck can anyone have a routine or a relationship with the father because that's one of the things you said is foundational for that identity and that, um, that security. So can you, how specific can you be about your routine? And listen, we're not dogmatic about it. I'm one of these guys that I could get in a bad mood if I don't do my routine. So I've been working on inconsistently doing my routine. Just to be a little spontaneous at times, we travel and all in an RV. So can you give a little bit more? Because I'm sitting here going, I want to know how she does all of that.
1: Yeah. And I would say, I mean, in order to do all of that, you have to be out of place. I mean, um, something I shared with our our community when I did this virtual, um, it's like a webinar, Uh, we call it virtual gathering. This last month is Um, I mean, there's priorities, there's non-negotiables that I have every single day. And I don't want to sit here and and be a hypocrite because obviously I don't do this perfect every single day. None of us do. We're all human. Um, But I definitely have a standard and I have everything written out that I want to do every day. And then I'm, you know, constantly waking up every morning and starting over, you know, and, and doing it to the best of my ability because, I am called to do a lot, you know, there's that calling again, that calling word, but I feel like, you know, I have a lot to steward and, um, in order to do that, if that starts with myself, you know, I have to steward myself, uh, in order to be a good mom to these five kids and to help my husband and, and be who he needs me to be as a partner and run my organization and my team. I mean, there's nine women on my team. I've got a board. I mean, just trying to do everything. It is a lot. And that is the question I think I get the most is like, I don't know how you do everything you do, you know, but I think it's just, um, prioritizing starting with me, you know, starting with my sleep. Um, I just, you know, I have my, I have everything written out, um, as far as waking up at, you know, my ideal time is like 5:30. wake up. Um, so that I can work out with my husband before he needs to leave for the day and then have quiet time before the kids wake up. Because if I don't have that, I'm a totally different person. And, you know, if I don't spend that time, that goes back to that relationship. If I don't spend that time with the father uh, and let him pour his word and his goodness into me. um, And that doesn't have to look any kind of crazy spiritual way. It's just sitting in a chair in my living room and letting him speak to me and being open and putting myself in a posture to receive from him um, so that that's what I'm giving out to my family and to my team and and to the rest of the world that I come in contact with every day, you know? And then that also lines up my priorities for the day. Um, I mean, and I use simple tools. I have, you know, we actually created a planner uh, with the organization with Nameless Collaborative. We've created a planner the last couple years, which is really, cool it's really fun because it's broken down into home life family life and your organization and your work priorities um and so I was telling the ladies uh, last month when I spoke I have you know I, I come I come to my my calendar and uh my to-do list every week and um set up my week and usually I pack that full I mean everything that I can think of that I need to brain dump you know on on this pad um that I have I put all my appointments, you know, for the week, um, and scheduled. And then I have that list. And then I only pick, you know, I, I really once I've had that time with the father, and I'm at a good place of peace, um, then I come and I, I pick. Okay, what are the the priorities for the day, you know? And then I, I get like the top three. And if I can do more, great. But um, I don't get stressed or bogged down with trying to get a million things done every single day. I just have the top priorities. Um, and then
0: move on. So, yeah, that is so good. You know, you mentioned, you know, we talk about relationship. I just want to kind of emphasize that word, which to me is kind of the opposite of religion. Religion is kind of going through all these channels, but relationship is just like you and Dwayne going on the walk that y'all went on. I kind of, when you said you were sitting in the chair and speaking, it's just almost like that going on a walk with the father, sitting down and I agree for me, my wife, Glory, and I has talked about this often. If we do not stay in that habit, mm-hmm. it just seems as if things begin veering off. And so anyway, I'm going to piggyback on you and encourage anyone. If you don't do that, even if you have no spiritual relationship, just sit down quietly and try to listen. I, I think he'll meet you there, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%.
0: Yeah. So, all right. There, there there's so many things I would love to ask more about nameless collaborative, but what I would, I think what I'd love to do as we begin to finish up culturally, even within the church, even within church circles, there is quite a bit of division. There is, there is identity, not the identity we were talking about earlier, but more the identity, the political realm where we divide up male, female, rich, poor, white, black, wealthy, not whatever, all these identities. And you pull together within your community, a group of women. And what I would love to allow you to do for the last few minutes here before we do our wrap up questions is share with the males that might be listening, the husband's or the men that may not have a spouse or something currently, but they work in, in these areas with a lot of these women like you work with, what would we need to know? What do we miss? What is it that we don't get? We have been in a society where we have had, I hate to use the word privilege. I, I don't really like it, but I'll use it. I'll say that we've kind of had the privilege that our goals have typically come first. My wife and I are talking about this recently that she started some businesses and doing some things now. And she says, you know, most of the time yours come first and I would like to do that. So, okay, let's let's do what we need to do, but can can you and and I can actually tell that you do not really have the mindset of instructing someone like like me or males, but I would love for you to just share what is it what is something that we really need to know
1: yes for sure so i'll first start off saying um i'm not a feminist and i don't believe in in anything like that um it's it's funny when you um you know have an organization for women christian women in leadership that can be kind of a hot topic you know in the christian in the christian world um i don't believe you know in uh women you know being loud and whatever i don't know i'm kind of getting off topic now what I would say is that um, I really believe that women and men were created to complement each other. We were created to work together. Um, men have, have been created with um, so many characteristics that women don't have and strengths that women don't have, and vice versa. And um what I would love to see more of is men and women coming together, um using our gifts together uh, just, you know, collaborating together, there's going to be, um, things that I don't see from your perspective. And there's things that you're going to not see from my perspective. And we need both. I mean, I feel like that's why God created both male and female, because we need both. Um, and so I think when, when you're secure and you're able to walk in that definition of who you were created to be, you know, who I was created to be as a woman and what I bring to the table, I'm secure in that. And I know that the the areas that I'm strong and I know the areas that I'm weak and I know, you know, I follow the biblical model, you know, of submitting to my husband and, um, but I also believe that, you know, God has put me in his life to, you know, help him in a lot of ways. So I think that's what I would say. What I would say to a man is just, um, be secure enough. Be able to listen to a woman's point of view, you know, on things, and um, just stay with a humble heart that you might not have all of the answers, you know. And so, I think that would be it. It's just really finding ways that we can work together, uh, and bring what we both have as far as giftings to to one another.
0: Yeah, I was I was kind of chuckling for those that might be seeing this on video because I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm trying to think of times that I have actually been right and she has been wrong. We've been married. In fact, this week as we're recording is our 32nd anniversary. So we've been together for quite wow. some time. It's been a blessing. It has not all been just awesome. We've been through a lot of challenges like everyone would, but it just this morning we were having conversation and I just said, glory, is there anything that I can do to serve you today? And, and we're attempting to ask those type questions and, you mentioned service earlier. And so it kind of made me think of that. But Sharice, I love this conversation because it's, to me, it really helps with this theme of redefining success to truly attempt to have an understanding of points of view and other thought processes. And I love what you're doing with this community, Nameless Collaborative. A couple things as we wrap, but I do want to ask, maybe just to state this, who, give your profile, who would be a good fit to reach out to you and find you, and we'll give links and everything to to try to connect with you and your organization?
1: So it's super simple. I mean, a Christian woman in leadership, in a leadership position, uh, we have doctors, you know, that have their own practices. We have ministry founders, nonprofit founders, you know, um, we have, we also have women that are married to, um, you know, uh, men in politics. We have our county judge's wife is a part of our community here in the DFW area. Um, so many, you know, pastor's wives, um, just a lot of, of women that are in a position where they're leading other people we also one thing that we didn't that we didn't get to mention um that's a really cool thing is we actually just launched in um, india this this year a couple months ago um, during the whole covid thing uh, so we actually have 30 women there that are now members um, and they're all church planters uh women who are over them in their path. There, them and their husbands are over multiple, I mean, hundreds of churches, uh, have orphanages, have schools. Uh, it's just, it's, it's really phenomenal. I didn't get to talk about um, our other, our other ministry that we have right now, our other organization, but um, we're working in India and Azerbaijan and Uzbekistan. Um, so we have call centers actually set up in those different countries. Um, and so we're doing our pilot group in one of our call centers in India right now. Uh, We have a full-time staff, uh, a woman there in that call center that's working um, in connecting all of these these women in leadership in India. And then we're moving on to Uzbekistan and Azerbaijan uh, in a couple months. So super, super excited about about that reach. But those are kind of the women, you know, that we're looking for. We have a lot of business owners um, that own small businesses, large businesses. We have, you know, a woman that owns a couple car dealerships. It's just—I mean—it's just, I mean, it's just a, a woman who's in a place of leadership who needs that kind of community around her. We'd love to serve you. Uh, we just—we have um, masterminds that we started called Collab Tables. Uh, there's about 60 women a part of those right now, and we've actually implemented um, some—I'm uh, sorry—some um, a curriculum. Thank you <laughs> every month. Uh, now with those, so it's been leadership development that we've added in there, kind of at a high level leadership development for women who um, maybe haven't, you know, built that whole foundation yet. But there's a lot of different areas that we're. That's exciting. We're and
0: We, I think I shared this earlier. We just found out that our number two country for listens is India, and there's two platforms that we're on over there. And I actually have clients over there also. So that that's exciting. Thanks for mentioning that. And that kind of leads to, and maybe you could even share a, a, something here is I wanted people to know how they could connect with you. What's the best way for people to find you and connect with you?
1: Awesome. I would just say our website um, is the best way, namelesscollaborative.com. Um, I mean, anybody is free to email. We have an email connect at com. Um, My email is Sharice at namelesscollaborative.com. I'd love to connect with you or, or have, you know, one of my team uh, members connect with you. We're always, I mean, that's our heart is just to serve Christian women in leadership. It's lonely uh, leading by yourself. And um, it's just one positive thing about COVID is it's really expanded our reach um, to really focus more um, across the nation and across the world. Uh, we've been primarily focused in the DFW area because that's where I'm located. But now we have women all over uh, in Hungary and California. I mean, all over. So it, it's it's been great. So if you're anywhere uh, in the world, you can connect with us. We have a membership program that we launched this year. Um, you can become a member. You get a lot of a lot of um, benefits with that. But yeah, just connect at, at namelesscollaborative.com is the best then, way.
0: And the membership doesn't sound like it's geographic specific, because I actually had this to ask that we're we're pressed a little bit for time now. But um, you were more face to face probably in February of 2020. Did I see that? Did it look like that? And so you've been sort of had to adapt. Is that correct?
1: Yes, but you know what? It's been such a positive thing for us. We've grown. Um, that's really where our membership was birthed. You know, we were kind of already going in that direction. Um, but for us, it's been, it's just really expanded our, our vision to think more globally. We were already thinking globally because as I shared, that's my, you know, that's my heart, um, is globally. So we were always trying to get there. Um, but really this enabled us to get there a lot faster. Um, and just tweak things to start doing things virtually, um, which, yeah, we're reaching so many more women leaders all over, which is awesome.
0: Wow. So many exciting things. What, what's next for you? What's, what's something you're next and are excited about that's coming up.
1: I, I don't know if I'd say excited. I'm a little stressed, <laughs> say. but we actually have a gala coming up our first gala, our first fundraiser. So one thing, um, We've really funded a lot of of what we've done with Nameless, um, personally, me and my husband. And um, he's kind of given me the cutoff that I need to start making this sustainable. (laughs) So we are having our first fundraiser gala coming up in November, November 6th. Um, I'm excited, but I'm also losing sleep over trying to put this together. I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot of work. Um, It's just there's a lot of pieces. If you've ever put on a fundraiser or gala, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot there. So we're going to be doing it virtually. It's going to be live streamed. So if anybody wants to buy tickets, I don't even know. I don't think we have tickets for sale yet until next week, but, um, we have tickets, uh, going to be for sale, um, you know, for live in person and then also virtually, uh, wow. and the, the gala is on November 6th.
0: Well, the, I believe that the podcast will release after that. But for those that might be on Facebook or, or watching live, we can go ahead or maybe someone on your team can put a link down in the comments on the Seek Go Create uh, Facebook page. Because uh, that could be something that if someone is interested, it sounds like a great, uh, great connecting point for them to uh, to you and the organization. So, wow, Sharice, great, great conversation. We are Seek go create, which one of those words resonates with you the most and why?
1: I would say go. Uh, I think that that's just my, my personality. Um, I've been, uh, I did a, an assessment one time and, uh, the lady said, I just want to explain something to you. So when everybody's talking about climbing a mountain, you're halfway up the mountain. Why everybody's talking about, you know, what gear they're going to use. <laughs> that's kind of me. Just jump before, you know, you have every, every detail figured out, um, you know, entrepreneurial. But uh, I would say go. I mean, just go. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> Start the organization and then have the gala later to fund it, right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. I, I I love that. Sharice, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. I had a blast with the conversation. It was so much fun for me. If you're listening in and you'd like to continue this conversation, we welcome that. As we said at the beginning, go to seekgocreate.com. That's seekgocreate.com to comment on the episode post or contact us directly. We'll even reach back out to Sharice if there's something that you have, if there's a question that comes through us. We're going to give all her contact information also. But just visit our website, as we said earlier. Give us your best email address, and you'll never miss an episode. And you can get some free stuff, some giveaways and merch, we like to say. You can also find us and communicate on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Seek go create at all of those locations. Thanks again for joining us today. And I just want to encourage you to come back next week. We actually, I so enjoy when I get to speak with someone who has operated in the the world of ministry and the world of business and done it successfully in both. And that is what we're going to have next week. And so make sure you subscribe and then come back next week and listen in. Until then, we'll see you next week on Seek. Go create.